0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome.
1: Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is... BJ Shay! Hi! Hey!
0: This room feels very empty.
1: Yeah, everyone else is on assignment doing the various things that we have to do for all of Nerdum. But Oh they're,
0: they're 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 just staying on their extended holiday vacation, let's be <laughs> honest. Come on. Exactly. After Turkey
1: Day and it's time for everyone to party. And, uh, well, we still got to get you some good information. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to us. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about his video game gift guide. BJ will talk about the season one finale of Foundation. I'll get into a little bit of Wheel of Time. BJ, Mm. you're going to be talking about Doctor Who Flux. Oh, yeah. And then maybe we'll both get into a little bit of Ghostbusters Afterlife. (laughs) If people want to get a hold of us, they can do so. Uh, Just go to all of our social media. You can all find us on all the different podcatching apps as well. Just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation, or you can find all of that and more at bjgeeknation.com. Also, you can find us on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's a great way to uh, find not only us, but if you're interested in, like uh, I don't know, maybe some uh, Christmas music. (laughs) They've got got a bunch of different types of Christmas music out there, including uh, some explicit ones as well. So if you want to uh, hail Santa, you can do that.
0: (laughs) That Odyssey app has got some stuff. It
1: absolutely does. And uh, even more than that, if you're not into all the Christmas music and stuff. But... Let's get right into this today because we got a lot of stuff to cover and we want to start off by maybe, uh, you know, you need to get some gifts for uh, those uh, video gamers in your life. So let's get with Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach to discuss what is out there. Back. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is sknr.net, and it's the first podcast of, uh, well, December, which means it's gift-giving season, and of course, Skewed and Reviewed always puts out their holiday gift guide, and we're going to kind of go through some of the different things, and this week, we're going to be talking about video games, so let's start off with the pre-order of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and uh, what is that all about?
2: So for anybody who's a fan of the Borderlands series, you're very familiar with Tiny, Tiny Tina, who is essentially a highly unstable but also highly uh, uh, humorous character who has a real love for explosives. And as we know in Borderlands 3, we met an older version of her. Well, this is a spin-off game that uh, rose from a DLC for uh, Borderlands 2, which is available right now as a standalone free of charge uh where we found out that Tiny Teen and her friends like to play a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> style role playing game. And actually taken that concept and said, let's build a whole game around it. And so, you know, it was it, it was an interesting game in that you had your typical Borderlands three mission Borderlands missions, but they had Uh, A a role-playing game capacity to them and every now and then you'd hear them oh hold on let me re-roll that or something or you know what i'm (laughs) going to put this in you can't put that in the game i'm the dungeon master i can do what i want i'm putting it in the game and so they've just decided to expand on that they did a uh, board game for a while based on it and so now we're going to get a full game which is due out uh, early next year
1: Nah, that's amazing. And I love the fact that you have that interjection. And yeah, like Tiny Tina is like a fan favorite, one of the uh, one of the great little kind of connectors with all of the games. And I've really enjoyed playing uh, when uh, she's around in Borderlands 3. So this will be a lot of fun. Moving on, Absolutely. F- moving on from that, obviously you want to get into something that maybe is a little spookier or at least a lot more of the horror genre with Aliens Fireteam Elite. And uh, we've talked about that uh, a, a bunch, and you still feel like that's a really solid pick for someone to get for the holidays.
2: It is, because in addition to the game, it's thirty nine ninety nine, but there are also various sales you can get on either the Xbox or the PC. As one of the many games that they have included in the service and the timing is very good because there is new content coming now uh, it's not going to be uh, a new chapter to the story but it'll be a new game mode they had uh, one that came out with one recent DLCs that included essentially like mode or rush where you just hunkered down and dealt with wave after wave after wave coming at you which is you know, similar to elements of the game, but uh, this new one, don't know a lot about the new mode, but we know it's coming. But there's also a ton of new cosmetics that are being made available uh, from new weaponry, that sort of thing. And there's also some Nostromo-themed gear, so if you want your Marine to nice. kind of look like the crew of the Nostromo, they're doing that. And they've said uh, there's a roadmap in place, there's a lot of planned content, both free and premium coming down the line so it's a really good time to get involved and try the game out
1: that is pretty fantastic like i seriously like anything that kind of bring that nostalgia of the originals is pretty um awesome now here's a game that i don't remember if we talked about or not uh death loop
2: okay so death loop is a very strong candidate on many game of the year lists and it's from the folks at bethesda but it was done by their studio that did dishonored and did the uh, recent remake of Prey, which was radically different from the original <laughs> uh, Prey game. So what you have here is a very genre-based, uh, how would you put this? I guess it would be like elements of the prisoner, and even the you're somebody who wakes up on this mysterious island and you don't have a memory of who you are, But there's a uh, voice that's constantly taunting you and tormenting you, and there's people that are trying to kill you. And so the general concept is from melee to ranged weapons and such, you're in this kind of quirky 60s retro island, and you're caught in a time loop. And if you die, you go back and repeat. And it's very clever in that it makes you think you can play things in different orders, But, for example, certain targets may be more available during certain times of the day than others. So you have to kind of pick where am I going to go and when. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot of fun. That
1: seems kind of amazing. I love that sort of timey wimey sort of stuff. Um, on to a couple of the other games that some of the big ones that I know that uh, we've talked about and people have been really kind of uh, uh, pretty in into would be uh, Back for Blood and Far Cry Six. Both of these have been uh, pretty big named games that have gone out there. Still on that
2: list, correct? And Back for Blood, of course, is uh, essentially the. Uh, Intellectual evolution of the Left 4 Dead 4 players co op taking on zombies. Tons of missions, you customize your weapons, that sort of thing. Has uh, some newer features with the retro gameplay. And um, the nice thing about it is that that too is available on Game Pass, so you can try it for your Xbox, your PC. And then on top of that, there is a bunch of DLC planned, both free and premium. Coming down the line, there's more missions, there's more modes coming, and people are looking forward to that. And the same thing with Far Cry 6. It's a very long, complex uh, game in terms of which order you do things and how it plays out. Giancarlo Esposito as the bad guy is fantastic. Um, You know, you've got all the vehicles, you've got the music, you can be very brutal with people, you can craft your own weapons, animal sidekicks, the map is gigantic, so you pick your order on how you do things, and then once you get through it, um, there are things that pop up that you can continue to do, and then they've just released the first of the uh, three plan DLCs, and then there's some paid DLC coming, and in this one you play Voss from Far Cry 3, and you are essentially trapped in a mind of uh, another protagonist from the game and you have to do these challenges where you start off with a very basic weapon, uh, accomplish things, try to survive. That's a lot of fun. And so it'll be great to see where they go with these with the DLC coming down the line.
1: That's pretty amazing, and I think you even brought up a good point. If uh, if uh, the person that you're buying the gift for, or if it's even for yourself, um, if they are on PC or if they're on Xbox, getting the Game Pass can be a good way to get somebody a ton of games right away, and you don't have to fret and worry about whether or not you got them the correct game um, because it has so many available. So if they don't have the Game Pass, it might be worth it to give somebody you know, the gift of uh, maybe a year's subscription.
2: Absolutely, especially with the new Halo game coming up, because they've already announced that the the solo campaign is going to be available right there at launch, bang, get into it and play PC and Xbox, so... That's a good way to jump in and try out the latest and greatest right there.
1: And I'm so stoked for that, too, because I have the game pass. I've been playing Halo multiplayer. And I'm just going to say right now that after, you know, it's been, you know, 20 years of playing Halo, some of those kids these days, <laughs> they don't understand what they're getting into. And I'm like, oh, this is like going in there and just putting on a well-fitted glove.
2: It's going to be interesting for me because I, I poked around watching other people play. But Halo 2 was the last one I played through because that was the last. One I had on the PC that I played through, and it's available down the line. But it, you know, I am going to jump in and I'm going to try out the new one on PC just because I'm lousy at shooters on consoles. (laughs) And I'm just really curious to see where we are with all this.
1: Yeah, I'm really stoked about that. And even the fact that they've even mentioned that the battle pass is a little weird, so they're tweaking that to make it a little uh, a little more casual friendly. So they're looking at it. I'm really excited for that to come out. I mean, everything on this gift guide is going to be amazing, so I'm stoked for it. Gareth, again, thank you so much. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find out the gift guide and even more by going to sknr.net. Thank you, Gareth.
2: Anytime. Take care.
1: BJ I was kind of excited for this because it's been a while since we've uh, recorded and since then Foundation has come to its uh ending. Yes it has. For the first season. Now I'm pretty sure that they plan on doing a second season.
0: I believe so. I think it got renewed if I remember correctly uh, or I'm hope it's maybe wishful thinking but I do believe <laughs> that there is going to be a second season of Foundation. I I, I thought I went and checked so, but you know what? You never know. There's so many dang shows and everything. But uh, as a, as of my brain memory, I believe <laughs> there will be a season two, and I'm
1: excited to hear about what Joe thinks about it. But first, we need to hear what you think about it.
0: Well, it's very generational, as you know. Uh, my son has got uh, you know, I got 30 years on him, and he doesn't have the love for this series that I did because I read the books a skillion years ago from Isaac Asimov. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, yeah. Um, I like. I really, you know, I I totally forget the story. So even though I read the book, I I don't. I have no idea what happened. It it was so long ago, Um, and I don't know what they've changed, what they haven't changed. But a a wonderfully diverse cast, and eventually, as we told you, it looked like they were killing off main characters like very quickly, and you're like, oh man, I just got used to these people. But this is a this is an epic uh you know century spanning story i mean this spans yeah. i mean the the time jumps are just insane and they do i think they do a really good job keeping it together we, you know now that i've watched the whole thing and uh we do get some resolution on the main character gail who we've we loved from the beginning but you know she's been she's been in suspended animation multiple times so that she's like you know uh you know centuries have passed for her Um, and, and basically she gets to see her daughter who, it turns out this main character who has been like, you know, the, the, we've talked about a character called the warden. We're like, all right, now all of a sudden they're, they're showing us and she seems special. What's going on. And there's definitely some mystical that's happened in this, you know, the supernatural mystical stuff that's beyond science. That's happening in this science fiction that we eventually get explanations for. Oh, this is why the warden has this ability. And this is what this uh, gigantic monolith in the desert is all about. And, uh, you know, that that basically just kept people, uh, you know, from being able to get into anywhere near it without basically being knocked unconscious and and worse. Um, and it all gets explained in the final episode of the first season called The Leap. And I liked it. I liked how it ended, as there was a mother daughter reunion that we didn't even know was a mother daughter combo in the first place. And it just makes me want to see where it's going to go because I actually grew to like the Warden character and I really like Gail's character. And, um, so, and of course, you know, Jared Harris is a great actor and he seems to be back as Harry Seldon. So he's alive again, sort of kind of, maybe I, you know, <laughs> I mean, is it, you know, who knows what's going on in sci-fi, but yeah. yeah, right. yeah. And, and, uh, and Lee Pace is fantastic as brother day. Um, he's, uh, really, I mean, it's a, I really, really like it. And now that it's done and hopefully if you don't have Apple TV plus, there's going to be another way for you to get it. So you can binge watch all the episodes. It's, it's epic. Um, Is a game of Thrones epic did they achieve that? Uh, probably not, but as a sci-fi fan, which I like sci-fi more than fantasy, for me it did. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, I for all its flaws, that you know, you know, Joey D maybe when he comes back, we'll ask him what he thought of the last episode. <laughs> yeah, right. I liked it. At some point, I am going to watch the whole thing in a row again because now to have it there to be able to watch. That was I was a, yeah. I was
1: super curious on that uh, aspect of it too because even looking back on something along the lines with uh, like I was we've been talking with Joe about it and it's been a roller coaster for him. Is I want to know, like, now that the season is completed, how he feels about the whole thing and just the fact that you're down for the uh, uh, rewatchability on that end. It seems kind of big for you.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on, and you know, with all, with the, you know, just like with Game of Thrones. Frankly, I, I, I started liking Game of Thrones better when I watched it again. Uh, you know, uh, I, I remember being having the flu and saying, okay, you know, we're on season three. Well, let me go back and watch seasons one of two of Game of Thrones again and just see what's up. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm, I, you know, because there's a lot of characters in Game of Thrones, and oh, yeah. you know, you're like, "Where are we going? What the hell's happening?" Um, you know, so I, I feel like I'm going to get that same experience, and re- and plus, it's just gorgeous. I mean, they spent a lot of money. It is a beautiful sci-fi production where, you know, the, even if the story isn't that good, but I like the story, it's still gorgeous to look at, and it's very rich. That's one of yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
1: one of the fun things with all of that. I mean, even just kind of uh, piggyback and moving on from uh, something else on that end is uh, with the Wheel of Time, which is another Ooh, massive, so, massive book
0: series. Like I'm literally. so jealous of you because, <laughs> well, Sarah and I are going to watch it. We just haven't had time to get it on our schedule. I feel like once uh, you know Doctor Who wraps up, there's only one more episode left yeah. of that, we're going to be able to jump into the Wheel of Time. You already have gotten there, uh, and 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 I'm interested to hear how you feel about this. It was really interesting
1: because, so right now, as of right now, uh, episodes one through four have been out, and episode five actually today has dropped. So we're not going to be talking about that one, um, but uh, really just kind of talking about the first uh, four and kind of setting all of that up and kind of giving everybody an intro uh, and an idea on that because, yeah, you didn't read the books. I read most of the books, so as of this point in time, uh, I know mostly what is supposed to be going on. And obviously, with a book with a book series that is fourteen books long, there's stuff yeah. that you just can't have in it. Oh, like, you can't put everything in. No, you can't. And, and uh, all right. but. One of the things that I loved, and I mean, you were talking about the epic feel just like in visually that uh, that Foundation has, Wheel of Time has that as well. Oh, nice. It is is beautiful. They have put some money into it. It's on Amazon Prime, so that kind of makes sense, you know, with the money that they've put out for a lot of different series. And if you don't really know anything about the Wheel of Time, it's actually, I think, a little bit better on this. And all you really need to know is, essentially, this uh, summary from IMDb put it perfectly. said in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only some can access it, a woman named Moraine crosses path with five young men and women, and this sparks a dangerous, world-spanning journey uh, based on the book series by Robert Jordan. And having, like, it's funny, because there's a guy that we work with, uh, Thrill, and he read the books around the same time I did because we both were security guards and we had the time to do that. And we're both we were kind of iffy on the first two episodes and I told him by the end of episode 4 I am completely sold. I love this series. Oh, episode episode okay, 3 so turns four. everything around. Nice. And brings in some of the characters and kind of like first off, the first episode is a little you, you got to hook people. So there's a lot of action, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Oh, that's good news. And the only issue I have is that there's one character that has a wife and the wife gets fridged immediately, which means they kill they kill the character just to promote the trauma of the other character. And that was kind of like, did you really need to do that? So I was kind of left with a sour taste in my mouth after the first episode. Um, but then moving on to the second and then the third and fourth, it was just like, wow, okay, no. They they know what they're doing with these characters. Um, Rosamund Pike plays Moraine Damadred. And, oh, my gosh, she is the perfect
0: character or perfect actress to play this character. I love when they do that, when they find the right person that just embodies that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
1: And she plays what they call an Aes Sedai who is a magic user.
0: Oh, I like a magic user. And the one
1: power is the magic in the universe and it can technically only be, it can be tapped by men and women, but the problem is is that if it's tapped by men, it will, it's kind of influenced by the dark forces and they'll immediately they'll (laughs) eventually go mad.
0: There's a little commentary. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just a tad, a little commentary. Little, give give too much power to somebody,
1: they go cray. And the visuals on that, and the magic, and how they're doing that is fantastic. Like you can tell when a a man is channeling the one power because it instead of like this pure white sort of like wispy mist around the person, it is it's it's tainted. It's literally tainted with a little bit of darkness in with it. So you can really tell when uh, somebody's doing that. And I was like, "Wow, that's kind of cool. I love the visuals on that." And at this point, like, I think everybody can see when they're using the one power. Uh, so it's like, okay, yeah, when someone's using it, everybody knows what's going on. And even in the first episode, Moraine goes goes nuts with it because she has to defend these five kids. And it's it and kids. I mean, they're like kind of like you know like early twenties. Kind of all like right. CW style on that one. Um, but it, eventually it just gets into showing off how how massive the world is. It's showing all the different uh, characters, all the different um, cultures that are going on with it. And it really is fantastic. Like, I've really, I'm sold. Uh, I'm excited about it. I believe it's a nine or ten episode series. And the just the way they're going through it, they're kind of engulfing the first three books. In this oh, season,
0: which means there could be a lot of seasons.
1: Yeah, and the pacing ah. is really good when it comes down to that sort of thing. I was like, well, that's interesting that this thing happens because I know what's going on, you know. And at this point, you know, as a casual viewer, if it's somebody who hasn't read the books, you don't really know what's going on. You know that one of these five people that Moraine has grabbed from this little, you know, mountain town of two rivers is going to be what they call the Dragon Reborn who is going to be the reincarnation of the man who originally broke the world, um, going from the second age into what they're now in, is the third age. Uh, wheel of Time just essentially means, you know, it's like all ages kind of, you know, there is no end, there is no beginning, it's just a constant turning of the wheel. Uh,
0: there are some there are some philosophies out there that believe that, yeah.
1: Absolutely, and this really takes from both of that and uh, like a lot of the different um, Asian and European um uh, 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 cultures and religions and beliefs and all of that. So uh, I got to give a shout out also to uh, Daniel Henney, who plays Moraine's warder named Land Manduragon, and he's badass. Like, everyone in this, like, is super badass. The way that they've been able to put in the effort with this and just the acting has been super solid. There hasn't been anybody who I felt has been a little, has been off at all. Like, everyone knows the assignment, and they're all in on it, so I love it. Uh, now, the I, I, it's going to be the same thing with me when you were talking about with Foundation going back to watch the full thing afterwards. I really feel that I'm going to be wanting to do this as well. Nice.
0: I'm, I, well, I really am looking forward to it. It was something that, you know, a lot of my friends talked about. So far, like you, they the ones that have read the books— They're happy with it. Yeah. You know, it's not perfect for them, but they're happy with it. For me, it'll be interesting to see, like, okay, I'm just walking into this story new. Let's see how they present it, how they grab me. And then I can give that perspective saying, yeah, you know what? They did a good job to an unknown, you know, person. And therefore, you know, like you said, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you just have to change some things, do some things in order to grab somebody who doesn't know anything about the universe.
1: And one of my favorite things about this entire stuff, uh, BJ, uh, you talked about uh, uh, Game of Thrones. And going back to rewatch it because you know more of the characters and literally the characters' names, you're gonna have an interesting time when it comes down to these character names because they're very, a lot of these characters. This is the first time that I've actually heard like a, a pronunciation of them. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't think that was gonna be how you pronounce that. So there's, oh, yeah. there's names like uh, Nineve and Egwin, and uh, you'll probably be fans of Rand, Perrin, and Matt because I mean those are very <laughs> easy days to remember.
0: That was how it was with Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Was like the more you sound it, and also Star Wars, the more you make it sound like a thing I can hear and whatever. Like Lucas were it works. Yeah, uh, Poe. All right, I guess you know, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I uh, the, the more it sounds like what I can remember, but. I will say, man, uh, I am stoked for this. I'm getting, I'm very, very excited, and we'll we'll probably launch into it very, very soon. My daughter and I.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are. Being someone who hasn't read the books, Uh, moving on from that, we're still in flux with Doctor Who. What is going on with with the show so far? Because it's it's a limited series, and they've kind of dropped it down to what like six episodes now.
0: Yeah, in the and the episodes though are longer. Oh, so okay, okay. in a way are we getting, you know, eight to ten episodes anyway. Uh, it seems like they're pulling out all the stops. I, they're beautiful looking episodes. Like every every episode of Doctor Who Flux, which is the thirteenth uh, season of Doctor Who or thirteenth series, mm-hmm. uh, we you know of of the the new kickoff. When we talk about this, by the way, we know that it's been around since the early sixties. <laughs> it's just that uh, the Russell T Davies uh, era of recreating Doctor Who back in oh five. That's when we started counting series one, series two. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So this is series thirteen since then. Um, and, um, this is sort of the last hurrah I've been doing a little research. Uh, there'll be six episodes, then three specials and that'll be it. Um, because I remember, you know, there, there's going to be a new year's Eve special. So that's kind of cool. Uh, they, they, they moved it from Christmas to new year's. And um, Flux is a six-episode, mini-epic, one-story arc season. But like, you know, anything that's got a story arc, where, like Star Trek Discovery, there are mini-episodes within the arc, which is why when people complain about, I wish they were just all stand on alone, they were all anthologies, it's like, well, they kind of are. Like, yeah, they're doing the same thing, but they really, one time they went in the past, one time they went to the future, one time they did this, you know, and it's, yeah, it's still the theme But you know, I mean, it's also an individual episode too. That's why I never understood that. Even with Discovery, same thing. It's like a lot of these are individual episodes too. What do you? I mean, come on, going you know, going to the Trill home planet, you know, uh, for a Dearest character. That was yeah, part of a theme, but it was also a standalone. They went to the Trill planet, which was (laughs) cool to go see the Trill planet of the future. Uh, So I don't know. People just like to complain, and. Uh, the I have to say flux it's uh by the by the airing of this episode it'll be done like the, all right like this past Sunday episode six came out uh we're not gonna spoil that but uh episodes five episode five was good dude you know and what I love about Doctor Who is something tragic happens to the companions every time whether oh. they <laughs> it really I mean it's something that is really amazing that the show has done. And you know, when you think about little kids watching the show, the can-do attitude and the resolve of the characters faced with adversity um, is amazing. The Weeping Angels came back recently. Oh, gosh, yeah!
1: Uh, they, they
0: came back. Yeah, and the Weeping Angels are pretty terrifying. They're pretty awesome, and I and I like I like what they did with them with this Doctor. Uh, and um, well, the, the whole idea is this: is that it turns out that basically the Time Lords, the the good folks of Gallifrey they're the ones that have orchestrated this horrific event that is basically the destruction of the universe. Oh, but there are multiple universes. So it's no problem. You know, the time Lords are like, uh, and this is a, this is sort of like, uh, you know, section 31. Uh, this is like the Tal Shiar. This is like the secret, the secret, like a secret section and a group of time Lords called the division. And, you know, last year wasn't popular when they revealed that uh, the doctor actually had a lot more lives, and the doctor's actually not a Gallifreyan, but was a kidnapped alien by the Gallifreyans and experimented on in order to learn the secret of regeneration. Uh, a lot of people Whoa. didn't like that. Yeah, it it was in a you know, <laughs> but the Time Lords are very abusive and a holes. They always have been, in my opinion. And the Doctor was always a renegade, saying, "You know mm-hmm. what? You guys are a holes." Um, <laughs> the division is like an even bigger. Section of a holes of wow. Time Lords. They're even worse. And you think um, we're bad? Check out our brothers over here. Yeah, they're they bad. They're the, basically they were like, well, it turns out we don't want the division to end, and it looked like you, Doctor, were going to try to end the division. Now that you found out about your origins, so we're just going to destroy the universe so that we can go on. So they don't. They're they're going to just sacrifice an entire universe. Complete Damn. time lord arrogance, which I think is spot on. And you know whether the fans think that Chris Chibnall knows what he's doing or not. I think it's 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 spot on. They, they're they're a holes. I could definitely see the Gallifreans <laughs> doing this, especially a secret group of Gallifreans. And um, that's where we are. She just found this out. She also has the ability to find out all of her history. Uh, and they use a, a cool little thing that they use for a lot of Time Lords when they want to forget. They just take a little watch and throw all their memories in the watch. And we've seen that with David Tennant's Doctor. They use that one time. So she has the ability, but can she get it? And will they let her? But it turns out these other bad guys who we thought were the orchestrators of everything turns out they're now involved. And everybody, everything's falling apart. It's you know in the sun and the, and basically the Klingons <laughs> of the Doctor Who universe are now in there trying to start wars again and we'll find out what happens in episode 6 of Doctor Who. That's the uh, it's the ending episode of this Flux
1: arc. I love hearing you talk about Doctor Who just cuz how in depth you can go about it, just that that encyclopedic knowledge of it, just how popular and how uh, epic it has been for you for your entire life.
0: Oh yeah, and, and and really my entire teen life, I didn't, you know, I surely didn't start with the show like some young kids do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got involved in Tom Baker's era, which was in the 70s. And then I stopped for a while. Then Russell T. Davies got me back in 2005 because I watch it with my kid. Mm-hmm. And I still do. Sarah and I still watch it, and we're in the middle of watching this, and it's a good little father-daughter thing to do. Wow. And, uh, yeah, man, it is, uh, it's is—it's some powerful stuff. You know, when you think that it is still a kid's show, uh, yeah. you know, that a lot of us adults watch. And uh, I, I think they've done a great job. This is, is going to be a great send-off. And uh, like I said, there'll be a there'll be a New Year's show. Then I guess there's going to be three specials, and at that last special will probably be the regeneration. That's how David Tennant went out. He went out in a special, and uh, it wasn't the end of a you know wasn't the end of a season. It was a special he went out on. And we still haven't heard any rumor who a new doctor is going to be. And I feel like they got to drop that info sometime next year. There's a centennial, uh, you know, uh, they call it a centennial special plan that I saw Mm. on IMDb, but that means 100 years. Not sure what that means since it's not 100 years old. So I don't know what that's all about.
1: Yeah, this is going to be interesting because at this point in time, you would feel that there would have been at least a leak or something out about it. So
0: we, We'll probably find out sometime early next year so that you know we'll know who the character is going to be. Unless they decide they want to just be total. They haven't done this in a long time and just go, you know what? You're not going to know until the regeneration. Oh. I mean, if they, I don't know how they get, you, know, you, you know, the idea that they kept you know, basically Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's appearance, a yeah. secret for the Mandalorian, they were able to do that. And, uh, and Mark Hamill was, he said he was part of that and somehow nobody found out. So can the BBC, and I don't know if they want to, but can the BBC <laughs> keep this a secret? Because I haven't really heard much about who's in the running that's legitimate. So we'll see, Rev. I mean, but that would be kind of awesome to not know who it is until it actually happens during the regeneration scene. That's kind of cool because we haven't had that in for, for who knows how long.
1: This day and age, that would be fantastic. That'd be amazing. I'd just be, I would just be like, hey guys, congratulations on being able to keep any secret right now in Hollywood or you know in 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 England at all.
0: In England, would. <laughs>
1: now, moving on from that, finally, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ghostbusters Afterlife um, because this was one of those very significant movies for me when I was growing up. I didn't, you know, I was too young to watch it in the theaters when it came out in '84 but i do remember watching it a lot when i was a kid. i think we had one of those vhs's off of like, you know, hbo's free weekend or something like that. so ghostbusters the cartoon, especially in the uh, the later 80s and the 90s was really significant in my life and i really loved this and i wasn't i mean, i i i felt that the 2016 was an okay remake, uh one that i watched once and kind of moved on from. i thought it was all right. I was really excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and uh, I recently went out, went to the theater and saw it, and I have to say that I I loved it, just hands down. It was just, it was, it, I don't want to call it perfect, but it was really, really good.
0: Yeah, and I think your love for it and the nostalgia factor allows you to basically go, man, this was amazing for me. It wasn't perfect because I felt like it was just a little too long, but mm-hmm. not to the point where I go, God, I'm gonna, I'm, I hate this movie. I thought it was very, very well done, and I, I don't have the same love for Ghostbusters you do. I just don't. I, you know, it, it, I remember the movie, and I, it was a fun movie, and, but I did not love it as much as everybody loved it, um, and, and probably just because of the fact that it just you know i i was a serious sci-fi guy so i'm sort of like you know what this is a little not so serious and i you know oh, yeah, and, and i was yeah. I, I was you know but now you know being a little older i'm like oh gosh why so serious you know <laughs> seriously what am i doing um terrific movie by the way uh if you get a chance go check out mckenna grace's just publicity pictures because you don't even recognize her she played phoebe um first of all the, her, she—I I don't know how old she is, but she looks—at uh, least in her publicity pictures—she looks a lot older than she comes off in the movie. What a brilliant piece of makeup and a brilliant piece of acting to make her look exactly like she's this just socially awkward, very intelligent, but almost on the spectrum kid. And she looked like a kid, but the publicity shots of her make her look like she's 10 years older and nothing like the character.
1: She's 15 years old. So yeah, she's a little bit older than, uh, than, uh, than the than she's 10 years 15?
0: Old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, this publicity shot is, I, I, I mean, the publicity shot, I thought for sure she was just playing younger. I thought she was definitely in her 20s that's oh. amazing I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm looking I'm looking at a picture right now and I'm like wow maybe it's Maybe it's just the haircut because she has a. I mean, she has a, like an a, a, an adult haircut to me. You know, she doesn't. It's not the haircut you would see on on somebody who's a teen. You oh, feel yeah. like anybody who's a teen would just have this crazy wild hair and everything. And this this publicity picture, she looks like just somebody who's like you know what in her twenties, taking a headshot, hoping to get a gig somewhere. And she was fantastic as kind of. Oh, I mean, obviously man. the
1: central character really in this because she plays. I mean, she plays Phoebe and uh, the uh, the granddaughter of uh, Egon. And then you find out as as they find out. I mean, first off, they even got the little curl in the hair, and like yeah. like Harold like uh, Harold Ramis did not have that curl in, in the movies, but in the cartoons he did. So there's that little funny little like little curl that went forward, and the fact that they were able to keep that and have a little nostalgia even towards the cartoon was again like you were talking about one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I love this, and the way that they were able to. Sort of tell the same story out of ghostbusters one in a new way and then bring in these kids and still incorporate all of the actors from the older one as well like even and it was just the way that they were able to do it I love the fact that you got to I mean it was just the what yeah like I loved it like they got everybody I mean they yeah. got
0: somebody they got they got somebody who's young. They got somebody who's middle middle age yep. with you know Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd, and then mm-hmm. they got the old they got the old boys. Uh, it was just brilliant casting, uh, you know. And and I love that you know Phoebe's character, and of course yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Like we have to oh, be able, yeah, gotta give the Stranger Things kids some credit. <laughs> uh, I thought that Celeste O'Connor is lucky did a good job, and, and Logan Kim who played podcast podcast was the, great. Podcast was awesome. Uh, they. You really liked everybody in the movie. Yeah. Um, and what I thought was really cool it was they're, they're really doing a great job taking uh, people who are super smart, maybe on the spectrum, and explaining how they interact in life. I mean, when she, yeah. when she had a couple of comments that she made about, well, no, I, you know what, I am disgusted. It's just that I don't show my emotions the same way you do. Believe me, I'm vomiting on the inside. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, this is great for people who don't understand. Yeah. Including me. It's like, you know what? I would just call anybody socially awkward, but it's not socially awkward if you just process stuff differently than me. Yeah. You know, which is, I mean, how wonderful the movie can take time to do that. Uh, I, I, you know, that, I just took my hat off because there was a, I mean, it was well done. And I love that, you know, the kids were just trying to find their way and they, you know, and that she championed her, Her grandfather, who was, you know, considered a crackpot again, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is sometimes really, really smart people are considered insane or crackpots because nobody can understand at the level they do.
1: Exactly. And I mean, even towards the end of it, like just being able to like, you know, redeem characters um, who, again, leaning on that nostalgia, like I didn't need these characters to be redeemed because I love them. But to see them redeemed in the world for all the other people and just being able to see, you know, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray together for the different scenes, like it was just it was great. I loved it. Uh, as a note, if you didn't know, because I didn't know, I knew that there was one post-credit scene. There are two of them.
0: Yeah, and it's a good one at the end, actually, yeah, that you the, missed. Yeah. The
1: last one I missed, I was able to find it somewhere online, so you can uh, kind of find those out there if you need to look, if you didn't realize it. But it really kind of put it together, and it opened it up for possible franchise uh, stuff in the future, sequels. And I would be totally down to see, like, a new generation of Ghostbusters going out and doing stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, I, 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 I really love those characters. I love the four of them. I I, I love Trevor Phoebe bo- podcast and Lucky. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm ready for them. I, as a matter of fact, you know, I I yeah, it, it, it's tough to do. You saw Star Wars try to do it when mm-hmm. they had they mixed the old cast with the new people they wanted you to fall in love with. Not everybody fell in love with all those characters. It was unfortunate. I don't know, you know, and we don't want to get into that. But <laughs> I feel like. Man, how could you not fall in love with these four characters and just want to like let them like like the torch has been passed? Sure, once in a while, let Grandpa Dan or you know or Grandpa (laughs) Bill you know show up. Uh, Though you know Grandpa Ernie doesn't look like Grandpa Ernie. I mean, not at all. Ernie Hudson looks like he has been going to a great gym, and uh, or or either that he's been eating right. Whatever he's been doing, exactly the opposite of what I've been doing. That's all I can tell you.
1: And I really felt that they kind of redeemed the Ernie character, who was kind of just you know the fourth beetle when it came down to it. Towards the you know with the with the first two movies, so they really kind of uh, uh, pumped him up a little bit more. And it will be interesting to see if uh, he has a little bit more interaction than the other uh, other guys in any future installments as well.
0: Well, that's the thing with movies made in that time. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, marginalized yeah. people were they were put in movies because they wanted to show, look, oh, no, we're, 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 we're putting marginalized people in movies. But then you realize but you're not letting them do anything, right. you know, and yes. And I, I agree with you, Rev. That, that was a good correction and it would be great. And, and, and you know, and to show that, hey, and, and to show that, look, everybody had their expertise in that group. And now they finally showed us. While well, Ernie's expertise was to go out there and just make it, I mean, make it and be like like super successful business guy, which is like, all right, Ernie, good for because the rest of them were kind of a mess. Oh when yeah, you think about There's, it. Yeah. yeah, they're still yeah. all a mess. Yeah, so so yeah, so no doubt about it. It's good that Winston really made good. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes um and um yeah yeah i agree with you very very well done Uh, you you probably will what what would you give it on the scale of one to ten i would probably give it a nine like i don't
1: ever give anything a perfect 10 but that was about as close as i could possibly get
0: and i'm gonna give it an eight if it were 10 to 20 minutes shorter i think my god that movie would have been perfect it's just it was just moments where i'm like oh man this is a two hour something movie I think they could have cut something uh, and still given us the same feels, you know, that they yeah. wanted to give us. Uh, but still, you know, well worth it.
1: Fair assessment on that, and I'd love to hear what other people think about that. Uh, send us an email, bjgeeknation@gmail.com, or comment on our social media. I would love to hear your thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife, Wheel of Time, Foundation, Doctor Who, any of that stuff. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.